0: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, Void were Prohibited by Law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? ha! in my dentist's office.
3: Let's get it. Yes, Lord.
1: To the Lookout Landing Podcast. This is episode 10. I am Kate Pruiser, Managing Editor of Lookout Landing, and I am joined today by my good friend and compatriot, John Troopin. John, how are you doing?
4: I'm doing very well. Just got back from a v- extremely entertaining uh, baseball game, which the Mariners decided to win,
1: we, kindly enough. We will get into that, but we have to introduce, we have another guest with us today, and we are very excited about that. Mm-hmm. It is none other than... Then our own Jake Mailhot. Jake.
2: Hello. How's it going?
1: It is very it's good to have you here. Good to have you here talking about pitching, your passion.
2: Oh yes. Uh, Even though the last two articles that I wrote were about uh <laughs> not pitching.
1: Well, you know, the people demand their Taylor Motter content. Oh yes. Yes they do. We gotta <laughs> we gotta give the people what they want. So. <laughs> Um, yes. so the last time we spoke, it was um John a little more doomy and gloomy, right? Indeed. He's a little uh, I, I...
4: our our Jak or our Zach Sanders decided uh kindly enough to join us from his uh, lair uh, and appropriately enough was fairly pessimistic about a lot of things that the mariners had done, and there was not much reason to be anything other than pessimistic. Yeah, uh, there
1: was no joy in Marinersville no, to to be had. Not. I, myself, I am a fairly optimistic and positive person, and I really fell down into a dark, dark place there for a while.
4: Well, and, and spawned a fantastic new slogan <laughs> yes. for the team. I, uh, I, is, uh, <laughs> we are, this is no longer the season of Go Biz. It is the season of Fuck This, apparently. <laughs> uh, which I, is something it is and i'm glad people are enjoying it
1: I, I i just want to go on record saying i did not ever mean for that to kind of blow into the thing that it became
4: camp bottle lightning cake. <laughs> <laughs> well so things
1: look very different uh here we are a week removed from that and uh and things have been pretty good we swept the rangers uh mm-hmm. we won two out of three won the series against the marlins Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's just kind of catch up briefly with what happened there. First of all, the the Rangers, who I know we've been leery of, uh, they did win the division last year, but boy, oh boy, did they look like hot trash.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of things that I think most baseball analysts looked at that Ranger season and said they're gonna, you know, obviously they're gonna regress. They won all these one-run games. They didn't really do anything particularly well. They had a decent bullpen, but beyond that, not a lot that would indicate, you know, this is a team that should be leading the American League uh, in terms of record. Uh, but they have looked much worse, I think, than than just a team suffering from regression. Mm-hmm. Jake, uh, what what have you noticed that, that has really stood out to you about them in that series or overall?
2: Yeah, I think... Um their offense doesn't. I mean, it seems to be they they're scoring runs just fine. Like, uh, sure. they, um, I don't see any problems there. But their pitching staff just they can't get it together. Um, yeah. Whether it's um, uh, relying on Andrew Kashner and Tyson Ross to to anchor a, a, a rotation, even though they're dealing with injuries, and mm-hmm. um, even I mean Cole Hamels looks like he's taken a step back in the last mm-hmm. year. Um, and their bullpen just it's it's a tire fire right now it's so bad
4: (laughs) yeah Sam Dyson going on the most suspicious 10-day deal (laughs) I have ever seen right with a
1: badly strained ERA exactly exactly
4: yeah and you know I think they'll get better when Beltre gets back but Beltre now looks like he's weeks away instead of days away which you know say what you will about Rangers I think we're all pretty strongly on board with Beltre being an incredibly fun player and good for baseball. Um, Absolutely. But it is good in a callous sense for Mariners baseball if Adrian Beltre takes his time while healing. Uh, I also
2: think, I mean, with the, with the Rangers series, I think they just they caught the Mariners at the wrong time, right? We were coming off this mm-hmm. really disappointing start to the season, and mm-hmm. Felix is starting the first game at home, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, I just think Uh, It was that it was sort of that that time where Felix said enough is enough. And he he pitched a great game on that Friday night Mm -hmm. and then following up with James Paxton on Saturday. Like that was just it was an incredible one two punch. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was it was fun to see. And I I believe they got blown out by Oakland today. They did. um, Yeah, I believe means they lost the series there. Uh, which? Yeah, how about Oakland? <laughs> no, yeah, just, unfortunately, if you turn that around, our next series could be a little bit more challenging than we would like. And um, with four games at Oakland, that starting rotation looks fairly decent. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but... had a, a no-hitter going against the. Astros with a five nothing lead the other day and then the Astros like devil magic Tim oh, out yeah, of that, that bad yeah that was that was an epic collapse so oh, n- mind you they can still they they still have it in them to collapse but unfortunately so do we so yeah. Yeah. that's gonna be a much tougher series I think than it was um it'll also be interesting to get back to playing the al West after we had quite a holiday here with playing the marlins (laughs) oh yeah and you know not just a team that's not in our division but not even in our league um Mm. which is always it's always interesting to me to see guys match up who have never seen any one of these other guys before Mm. so what was uh what was what, what really stood out to you from this series
4: um for me just having gone to every game um it was impressive to see I, I mean I know this is not quite as important to us going forward since we don't play them again but the Marlins lineup is terrifying it really um, is and I think you know, D, you know D Gordon had a remarkably D Gordon or has a remarkably D Gordon uh, line so far I think he's hitting 314 with a 328 on base percentage and like a 364 <laughs> percentage it's like yep that's D Gordon um but, you know, limiting, you know, Gordon and Yelich, who looks like an all-star caliber oh, yeah. player. Oh, Breakout. Huge breakout um, for him this year, and, don't you think? You know, Stanton looks terrifying as Oh, usual. man, that so. home run today was <laughs> insane. <laughs> it, was, it was no joke. That pitch was maybe on the it was outside corner changeup or maybe even off the plate, and he put it. You know, I don't know. There was a photo. I don't know if you guys saw it on uh, Twitter of like the aftermath of yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. in the pen of just like beer and food just smashed everywhere. Where yes, friend
1: friend of the site at two R's two L's had that. Mm. Uh, Daniel <laughs> yes. Carroll. That was a yes. really great shot. It's funny because, and again, when you don't have to see someone all the time, you don't really get Mm. sick of them. So I feel Mm. like we were all kind of rooting for Stanton to hit. Everyone wanted to see (laughs) Stanton hit a moonshot. Oh, yeah, Mm. definitely. And how Mm. perfect that we got it today where the Mariners had already built like a pretty substantial lead. Like uh, that game really wasn't in danger. Mm -hmm. So it was just like gravy to get to see. It was just good old entertaining baseball.
4: Yeah. Well, and, and I guess to to that end, you know, the Mariners held the Marlins and that extremely good lineup, which I think was at the top of the league in run differential or near it, um, coming into this series, uh, under, you know, under four runs a game, which is, you know, that's not earth shattering, but that's solid that's what you want to be at if you're if you're a competitive team if you're holding the you know opposing team to under four runs a game Mm -hmm. and you're scoring your offense isn't atrocious you know you should be (laughs) winning most of your games right and we had obviously that brutal tuesday night game where you know we got one hit but
1: uh yeah that's gonna sting for a while
2: but, he was hitting his spots, though. He was yeah. on. like he, yeah. Yeah, he just executed really well that night. Yeah. He
1: just happened yeah. to have like a, probably one of the best games he'll pitch all mm-hmm. season, don't you think? Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <So laughs> exactly. that's, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah, them's the breaks. Exactly. Uh, but meanwhile, we have a Mitch Hanniger. And I mean, was there <laughs> anyone who had a huger series than Mitch Hanager? Just objectively,
2: it's, it's it's so incredible that like it just continues to grow. Like the legend of Mitch Haniger, <laughs> like began in the beginning of the season, and it just continues to grow. It's crazy. You
1: no, know, and of course there are the naysayers who you know pull out James Jones's hot start because uh, he's he's right now in line with them. But I think if you don't think that Mitch Haniger is a better baseball player than James Jones, you are <laughs> just willfully deluding yourself.
4: I think it's it's difficult to I mean, you know, th- it's difficult to see him falling off too hard. I guess uh, uh, like when w- when we came into the season, I was obviously very optimistic and Jake, I'd be curious to hear uh, what you were thinking. What you had in expectations for him, but th- I think it it's it felt like he would have a decent capacity to be a very successful baseball player i didn't anticipate necessarily that he would make he would look this good i mean no one anticipated he would look this good but that that not only the results would be there but that the process would consistently look this good i remember you know we had was it the second game of the year where he had that bad at bat against ken giles Mm -hmm. i don't remember him having another bad at bat since then yeah yeah he struck out against tom kohler i think in his first at bat of that game and then the next time he came up he was ready and smacked a ball i think he had a homer in, in then in his next at bat. you know it was like oh he's he made an adjustment and i don't know seeing guys make adjustments in real time is something that we've on, we've come to expect from robbie and from nelson cruz right. and from kyle Seeger, and having another guy who's doing that maybe he won't maybe he's going to struggle later on but so far he's doing that and that's really cool to see
2: yeah i think i mean it it's it's a it's a big separator for him right like mm-hmm. you're thinking about a young player in his uh uh early years and his in the majors and for a lot of young kids it's going to be really overwhelming they're not going to make those adjustments but mm-hmm. to see him do it so quickly and to, and to be so consistently good and having good at bats every single game uh, is, yeah, it's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Plus he's, it, it seems like he's just really aware of, of his strengths and, and his mm-hmm. game and, and, um, and how that translates into, into like a plan at the plate. Right. There was a great quote um, on Twitter from, Eno Saris. Sarah. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was just <laughs> such a great insight into how Mitch thinks about himself and, and his game and, and how, uh, yeah, he's just playing into his strengths and um, mm-hmm. I think that's really, really um, yeah, it's really important for a young player like that to think yeah. of it that way. yeah it's Absolutely.
1: fun to have a super intellectual baseball player too because you know somebody who really does take the advanced metrics into consideration and who is obviously so kind of cerebral about his game, I think it's a very mm-hmm. good match for a Seattle fan base that is in many ways, I think maybe a more uh, analytical thoughtful fan base
2: sure yeah and it it definitely makes sense why Jerry DePoto loves him like it just right like the the man crush there is just so (laughs) obvious
1: uh well speaking of man crushes then uh (laughs) or just crushes um one of the big things we had this weekend with the Marlins being in town is of course Ichiro's routine return um to Safeco uh an amazing moment today that I know, John, you were there in person for, so I'm we'll gonna let you uh, talk about that. But also, we have a, a Twitter question from Nevermore, which is appropriately poetic, I think, for Ichiro, who's a very poetic baseball player. Um, what is your favorite moment of Ichiro's career? And I wasn't here for Ichiro's career, really. I was at, not living in Seattle at the time, so I didn't get to see it, really. Um, but I'll, I'm gonna go ahead and pick today. So, john you want to talk about
4: that a little <laughs> um i i'm happy to talk about it a little bit being there but i i also want to hear jake's perspective on it since i yeah. you, know, you talked about it a little bit on twitter which is a very different perspective but i think one that a lot of people probably if you had the chance to listen at work or listen while you were in school or just wherever you might have been right um but i i was there i was in the 330 section right behind home plate and um, you know, people have been chanting, Ichiro, Ichiro, every at-bat, which was really encouraging. And, you know, just one of those things where it makes you feel good about being a Seattle fan. Um, but it was one of the – it made me think about, you know, the the D Gordon home run after Jose Fer- – first game after Jose Fernandez passed away and, like, the Derek Jeter home run in the All-Star game. Just those those moments where – you know I think Kate, you may have i don't know if you were on Twitter, but you you mentioned sort of about how baseball can sort of seem better than fiction and and mm-hmm. I remember i you know was talking with a few people about this, but it really felt surreal you know and and it was so spectacular and it was the perfect moment you know the game was pretty much in hand mm-hmm. um, you know Evan Marshall wasn't someone we were worried about oh does this mean he's good does this mean he's bad it's like okay it's evan marshall we know what evan marshall is more or less yeah um or or we don't have too much expectation for him exactly and um man you know just it it was an entire stadium of people so full of joy about a baseball event not and, and a human event not just their team succeeding but the you know the work that Ichiro put in um, and and to sort of see that symbolically even you know realized was was spectacular and I know he was for a long time the only really fun thing to watch (laughs) offensively for this (laughs) team and the only person that you would look forward to see you know look forward to their at-bats and you know I think I appreciate him Immensely for that, Jake. What was what was your feeling there?
2: Yeah, I mean, I yeah. So on, on Twitter, I was talking about how I I, I was watching it at work. Mm-hmm. I was watching it. Um, I've got a couple of monitors, so it was in sort of in the corner of one of my monitors, and I saw that he was going to lead off that inning, and so like I I closed all the windows on my monitors and focused <laughs> on the game, and 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 uh, yeah, the fact that he like hit it on the first pitch, and uh, it was I mean it was just like the perfect moment, like. Mm-hmm this encapsulation of like his legacy in Seattle and yeah uh yeah it it was sort of funny like we always hear about these stories about how Itro would hit uh home run after home run in batting practice and Mm -hmm. that he could hit home runs whenever he wanted to but he didn't (laughs) want to and and it's sort of like it was this moment where like yeah I can hit home runs whenever I want to and I'm gonna (laughs) do it right now it was oh man it was perfect it was just Uh so good yeah. I think as far as like a favorite intro moment um i mean uh i think for me i i i can't pick any one moment i think for me it's it's more just what he represented um we mm-hmm. talk a lot about um how representation matters um in today's society and mm-hmm. and for itro that's uh he 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 was uh, my representation on the mariners like i i um i had i had uh, loved Griffey. I'd loved Edgar. Um, but mm-hmm. um, when Ichiro joined the Mariners, that was when that was the moment when I, I could see myself on the field. Mm-hmm. I could um, uh, yeah, I, I could just I could just picture myself playing the game through Ichiro's uh, eyes and actions. And um, and so he yeah, he's a, a, a huge hero of mine. A, a, um, yeah. And so to to see him come back at, um, at this point in his career and and have the this the the game that he did, and and even like the series that he did, like he had that mm-hmm. great catch on uh well, <laughs> great, it it Mark. great. It looked great. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked look great. it looked a lot of fun, and it was it was a good catch. He made yeah, it. I like, think a little bit silly, but it was wonderful, <laughs> and,
4: and he was laughing about it, which yeah. was also fun.
2: Yeah, it was it was just it was really touching to see him come back and and. Yeah and see the reception that he that he got from from the crowd and Mm -hmm. uh yeah i i i really wish that i could have made it down to a game because yeah that would have meant a lot to me
1: we as mariners fans don't have a ton of history you know like the franchise is so new Mm -hmm. and that we're really just kind of rounding now into seeing things like players that we grew up with if you're my age um getting inducted into the Hall of Fame and some of those careers ending. And it was just, Mm. it was such a special, like, franchise moment and a reminder Mm. that we aren't just this tiny little team Mm. locked away in the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) We have this connection to broader
4: baseball, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think to that point, it's like, yeah, we've had struggles as a franchise with putting together team success, but the individual players that are unforgettable that we've had, uh, you know are so valuable and and you know Jake I completely uh, you know I, I completely like Ichiro you know I grew up loving Griffey and you know Edgar was sort of the player I and you know wanted to be like when I was younger um, but you know that was a little bit a little bit earlier and you know Ichiro was sort of the player that was always there like you knew every time he came up Ichiro was going to give you a good at-bat. You knew he was going, you know, every time he came to the plate and every time you watched a Mariner game, you might see Ichiro do something spectacular. Right, Um, exactly. And and he was the guy who everyone on the team wanted to be. You know, you had had fights over number 24 when (laughs) we were in, you know, t-ball and in, you know, elementary school all the way through you know middle school high school and everything you know everyone wanted to be 51 you know and and it's like that that means something and and to to have a player like that come back and see people properly you know be enthusiastic and and just i guess i shouldn't say properly but it was it was nice to see that other people felt that same way
2: sure yeah definitely um right well
4: um
1: Perhaps turning our eyes to the actual baseball played this weekend, uh, (laughs) we saw we saw a few great pitching performances and we saw some uneven or shaky pitching performances. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Um, So let's maybe talk about that. The starters, are they who we thought they were? And if that's (laughs) the case, where are we with that?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think there are a few that um, that have really opened um, some eyes. I think Paxton is better than anyone could ever expect him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, Miranda. Miranda's looked really, really good. What um,
1: is going on there? Because everyone told me, and I mean, I'm no pitching expert, but everyone told me, you know, he's outperforming his peripherals, regression, et cetera. Um, and boy, if he hasn't just gone out there and given us – some really solid, you know, five, six, seven innings of work every time. What do you attribute his success to?
2: Uh, I think, uh, I mean, he's commanding the zone really well. He's, he's his uh, splitter looks really, really great. It looks a lot better than it did last year. Um, And I think he's throwing it a lot more often than than his changeup. I'm not sure if they're different pitches or not, but. That was what I was going to ask,
4: because his changeup was one of his best pitches last year. And it seems like that is sort of blended together. Yeah. Yeah. Bit. Yeah.
2: Uh, so, well, I mean, whatever it is, it's, it's a, it's been a great pitch for him this year. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's helped him. I mean, he's, he's inducing a lot more ground balls. His fly ball rate is in his high. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, he's his strikeout rate and his walk rate are, are right in line with what he was doing last year, which is perfectly acceptable. And yeah, um, yeah, I, I think he's just uh, he's making he's building on on a pretty successful um, year last year.
4: Yeah, to to that point, uh, like as you said, you know, they're he's he's attacking the zone a lot more. He Paxton and Felix um, are all I think, according to PitchFX at least um, or TrackMan, I guess, um, you know, their their zone percentages are over fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is for all of them, uh, you know, a jump from last year. I, I think Miranda was, you know, a, a little bit lower than that. I don't remember exactly how much, but um, actually, I guess he was, he was, he was around there. But his, you know, his command in the zone has improved, as you said, um, and he's still getting somewhat fortunate. You know, he's he's still got. Um, a fairly high strand rate and, mm-hmm. and a lot of things that are going well for him but um, you know in you know last year I think we talked about him being a candidate for regression um, because he so outperformed his peripherals and I think this off season he improved he was a guy who had never thrown more than like 120 innings I think in a season sure um, and he hadn't Had that many innings in the minors. He hadn't had that many innings in Cuba, Um, so you know it's a guy who still had learning to do and improvements to make in as a pitcher. Um, So I think he's he's sort of he's definitely balanced that that potential for regression with just simply improving as as a pitcher.
2: Sure, definitely.
4: Um, And you know, Gallardo and Iwakuma, unfortunately. Have, uh, have, have, un- have not looked quite as good.
2: Okay, here, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to become our staff Gallardo defender. <gasps> because I, th- I think Giovanni Gallardo is perfectly acceptable. He won't as a blow team. anyone away. Mm-hmm. But I think he, he, he's a lot better than people give
4: him credit for. What what makes you say this that might be <laughs> treated as blasphemy in some circles? I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to venture a little bit out on this ledge with you. I'm, all right, I'm scared okay. of heights though, so you're gonna have Here to we convince go. me. You're gonna have to hold my hand.
2: So uh, the first point, I mean, we've all seen it. His velocity's up, back to where it was in yes. 2015 yes. when he was healthy. That's I mean, first of all, that's that's a really good sign. Um, the fact that he's healthy, um, the results should follow. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> the other thing I was looking at. So, when you're looking at average exit velocity off um, opposing batters, mm-hmm. um, I'll give you one guess, or, or maybe a couple guesses, <laughs> to guess what the average exit velocity off of Giovanni Gallardo has been this year.
4: Um, I would I would say it has to be around average Uh, i i would have assumed it's a little bit above average maybe like 88 89 that's
1: exactly what i would have guessed honestly
2: it's 85.5 really (laughs) and guess where that ranks in all of major league baseball 21st wow 21st lowest or however you want to say that best i guess yeah um so i think i he's his the contact that he's allowing I mean, he has given up a few home runs, but mm-hmm. I, I think on average he's allowing pretty weak contact, mm-hmm. and he's getting fairly unlucky that those weak hit balls aren't being turned into outs. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, only 23% hard hit, according to Fangraphs. Yeah.
2: Right, and, and, and a babbitt of Yeah, exactly. That's Sorry.
1: insane. <laughs> yeah, that's...
2: So there's, there's some regression that's going to happen there, I think. Um, his strikeout rate isn't where we want it to be, but, um, yeah, I mean, he's... I think he's he's perfectly acceptable as a number five. I don't think he should lose his job when Smiley comes back. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I think he'll be a lot better for us uh, moving on forward.
1: Sure. So you think Miranda is the one who should?
2: Ooh, <laughs> I didn't say that either. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I think uh, Iwakuma's got to show a lot of progress uh, in the next couple of months. Um
4: he might be an, a candidate for a Sam Dyson esque DL stint to yeah, sort of get himself Yeah, and that breaks right. my heart too because yeah. I love Iwakuma. Mm.
1: What about Iwakuma as a bullpen piece? Could that ever happen?
4: I mean, that's yeah. what he started as, but
2: yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think his stuff plays up in the bullpen. I think uh, I mean, he's he's his repertoire is so large that it, it's sort of like he he would outthink himself as a as a bullpen piece right mm-hmm. i and don't know he,
4: and yeah it's not like he's gonna it's not like he's holding back a bunch of velocity <laughs> right? you know, it's not yeah like yeah he's gonna bump up from you know 86 to 88 and suddenly be you know knocking people down again but you know 86 to 88 as a starter that makes a difference yeah um and i i thought i looked at it and saw like he actually is throwing fewer strikes now um or at least has been so far he's he's been struggling with command as much as he has yeah, with velocity yeah definitely which combined with that sort of weird last bit of the spring training yeah makes i me think wonder if he's I'm, a little I'm, not well
2: i'm looking at some of his like uh his pitch movement numbers and he's mm-hmm. getting a lot more drop on on his fastballs mm-hmm. but that isn't uh, it doesn't coincide with a with a increase in ground ball rate. In fact, his ground ball rate is like 39% or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's just it's something is really off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not and I'm not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
1: he had one good start, right? So I mean, this last one was dreadful, mm-hmm. but the one before. Of that was good, right? And then what was? I'm trying to remember. He's had three starts. So he's what? had three
2: starts. Two of them were six innings. He gave up two runs in the first and one run in the second. Yeah, yeah. He uh, pitched
1: well in that loss to the Astros. Though
4: yeah. in in both of those, he sort of was. It it sort of looked like he was getting fortunate. You know, he. I mean, his his FIP has been hanging out way up, and his his batting average on balls in play had, was. Uh, much lower which is you right. know what part of the reason that we tried to build up our defense was so that this team would outperform their uh you know their FIP and and they would you know pick up a lot of those extra balls in play but mm-hmm. there's only so much that you can realistically right. expect
1: there's only so much defense can do and yeah. specifically i guess i was most disappointed about his start in safeco where it looked so shaky Mm-hmm. Because him being shaky in the bandbox of the Astros park, I would be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But right. he's supposed to be built to pitch to Safeco, and mm-hmm. that was that was troubling. Yeah. So that's definitely something to uh, keep an eye on as mm-hmm. we go forward. Speaking of people who might benefit from Safeco, though, um, perhaps Evan Marshall if we want to transition into talking about the bullpen a little bit, uh, because I've been, I, I mean, I do think he's next one down as soon as c is ready to come back. Mm-hmm. But I've been, um, I've been mostly impressed with his ability to just kind of get in there and get fly ball outs and, and hold, give us two innings, eat up two innings where we need two innings eaten.
4: Um, he's, I think he's been fine. I think, it's extremely strange what he's done, though, <laughs> uh, because this is a guy who his entire career and his entire MO has been built around being a ground ball pitcher. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I think he was <laughs> yeah. a six, you know, fifty-five to sixty percent ground ball guy with the Diamondbacks. Right. And so far, I think he's around thirty-five. I don't remember, I think he got, and he got three flyouts today, and mm-hmm. well, he got two flyouts and a homer, uh, to Ichiro, um, so that's, which is fine, you know, you can <laughs> do that in Safeco and have better luck than you would in Arizona, uh, and maybe that's an intentional thing, um, in fact, I believe that we may have something upcoming about that, uh, from one of our staff writers, but, uh. It it is really strange so far uh, to to see what he's done.
1: I'm unfortunately don't know if we're gonna have enough time to see him and see those numbers stabilize to be able to say whether he's mm-hmm. changed, what kind of right. pitcher he is, because yeah. um, he's probably gonna go to AAA as soon as. I mean, Seashack is there in Tacoma now, yes. but uh, I'll I'll definitely keep an eye on him in Tacoma, mm. which I think. Uh, Chaney can play a little similarly to Safeco. It's expansive right mm-hmm. out there.
4: It's, it's big and wet. It's yeah. big and wet. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. So we should should be able to get a good idea of uh, what's going on mm-hmm. more or less. But, yeah, he's definitely – I mean, it's a pleasant surprise. And even if yeah. we need – you know, maybe we need 10, 15 innings out of you – While some other guys are getting right, that's fine.
4: Okay, I thought you were gonna say I think maybe we need ten relievers, and I was just gonna (laughs) (laughs) really.
1: (laughs) You know, I love relievers, and I love the eight-man bullpen for that reason. For just because right now I feel, and I've said this before, that the eight-man bullpen is a better option than I. You know, blessings to you, Mike Freeman, but I really don't (laughs) see you making any more starts. (laughs) <laughs> um what do you, do you guys what, what let's talk bullpen generally our level of concern with the bullpen where we are with the eight-man pen how long do you see that going on
2: i uh i think the eight-man bullpen was a it was a good idea to start the season i think as soon as uh c-shack and zick I mean, Zick's already back, but as soon mm-hmm. as c back, I think we go down to a seven-man pen, mm-hmm. because I think that moves, it bumps everyone back an inning, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and everyone sort of fits into their prescribed roles better mm-hmm. with c in the in the bullpen. Um, but, I mean, to start the inning without Zick and without C-Sheck, I think we needed that eight-man pen because we were putting people into roles that, that they weren't uh, meant for, that they weren't comfortable with. Um, I mean, we saw James Bezos. He had a, a number of um, appearances uh, and really high leverage uh, appearances uh, that he probably shouldn't have been. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think that's just the reality of uh, of a bullpen is sort of just a rotating door based on who's hot and and who's mm-hmm. injured. And yeah,
4: mm-hmm. I I would agree. I, you know, I there there are reasonable ex- uh, or frustrations with it, but I I saw it. As a definite way of hedging, I think if Miranda and Gallardo were really struggling, sure, um, yeah. Also, that you know, having an extra guy out there that you could come in and say like, okay, this didn't work, and we saw that in on Sunday's game where Iwakuma didn't have it, and oh and, yeah, you know, I think I was I was surprised even. I I don't know if I would have pulled him that quickly after three innings, but it was clear he just wasn't Mm-mm. looking good and. They said, Well, we've got this eight man and this that was I think honestly one of the first times where it was like they really actively made that a benefit, made you know, made use of that advantage that yeah, they have, definitely. I guess. And and you know, it helped that Evan Marshall did really well and had two and a third <laughs> shutout in or, you know, perfect innings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but, you know, and then you're able to bring in Zipchinski for special, you know, situations. Mm-hmm. You're able to bring in Altavilla, who's, you know, had some trouble with locating his slider, but still has good enough stuff to make people look silly if it's even close, and, you know, you, you, you're you able to get out of these situations. So,
2: Right, and I think that might be the the one argument that I could see for continuing with an eight-man pen mm-hmm. after C-Shack C- comes back, is, mm-hmm. is pairing up someone with Iwakuma mm-hmm. so that he doesn't have to face the lineup three times through. You yeah. can have him face the lineup twice and then yeah. bring in your your long man to to pitch the sixth and the seventh inning.
1: I mean, remember the Nate Carnes, Mike Montgomery combination that we had last year. It was every time Carnes could not get into the fifth inning inning to (laughs) save his life. And it was always, it was almost like a split start every single Mm -hmm. time. And Mm. I think that that helped Montgomery to kind of know that like, okay, this is, this is probably what's going to happen. I have to prepare, like I'm starting the game, even though I'm Mm going to be coming in maybe in the fifth inning and, You know, just having that mindset, which maybe helped him when he went to the Cubs and was like, hey, I want to be a starter again.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Which was a a position I had kind of tagged Miranda for before all the smiley stuff went down. Sure. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure who best... I don't think we have a real long reliever in there is one of the problems. And maybe I think one of the reasons we have to keep the eight man bullpen because not a, one of those guys do I want pitching any more than two innings, max, not sure. Nick Vincent, not <laughs> James Pazos, not um, Alta Villa, even though he was a starter, but I mean, something is funky with his slider command right now. I don't know what's going on, but I hope they fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank goodness Evan Marshall was able to like eat up some innings. Mm-hmm. I think Zick has looked a little, a little shaky. Honestly, he's uh, working back though, he, he, I,
4: and and his he he looked okay today, even though he, he didn't get great results. But right. I, I I just by based on the bo- I, I completely see what you're saying. I I like him on the basis of his body of work and his talent, but the they do have I think a very solid pool to choose from once Sihek is back uh, and that l- l- lack of a guy who can do long relief is or that has proven long relief skill uh, is frustrating but if you have guys who can go one or two innings a night and you can sort of shuttle guys back and forth if you need to from Tacoma you yeah. know that are that are solid that gives you a little more flexibility to work around that
1: where sure. we have Chris Heston is just turning in like great appearance after great appearance. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. but I think that they're hesitant to pull the string on that because they don't know if they're going to have to take one of those guys and turn him back into a starter or not.
2: Sure. You know, right. That's true.
1: But something has to happen because we are currently by war. Ra- guess, guess where the Mariners rank in baseball <laughs> by war, the Mariners bullpen.
2: The Mariners Bullpen, right? Uh in all of baseball, twenty fifth. Let's say twenty third.
1: John is bang on. We are twenty third. Oh, wow. So heck. we have the Astros up there at third. The Angels at seven, which feels
4: the Drosian's good. Yeah. He is good. Houston Street's gone I mean... for
1: the year though, right?
4: Uh, he's at least on the sixty-day deal. Yeah. I think he's gone for the year. Yeah.
1: And then uh, the Athletics at thirteen, and even the lowly, lowly Rangers are ahead of us at nineteen. Oh boy! So yeah.
4: it's just because it's... they've had
2: to pitch so much,
4: they and and Casey Fiend does not do us uh, many favors. No, that, I mean honestly,
1: one, so. we're probably still wearing a lot of um, a lot of negative WAR from that one appearance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Chris from Twitter wants to know, fiend fi fo fum, is Casey's career kind of done? It sucks that we spent so much money on him, and he's been kind of
4: crappy. What was his deal? It was like 1.5 million? Yeah, something like that. It
2: wasn't too bad.
4: Yeah, but...
2: Um, Yeah, I I don't think his career's over. I think he might be a candidate to shuttle from Tacoma Mm -hmm. if we ever get into a pinch, but... He's certainly not on the front list.
4: I, I, it would, I think they he will not we will not see him for at least another month or two until people mm-hmm. kind of settle and and his his nerves settle down a bit. But I, I mean he's a he's a righty who's proven who's done well in the major leagues recently enough and who throws ninety four ninety five right. like he'll be okay. Yeah. But
1: while we're addressing uh, Twitter questions about the bullpen, let's also do Anthony Satter's question. Uh, why is Zepchinski so effective against less lefties? We know he's a lefty specialist, but what specifically is it that he does that makes him such a lefty killer? Uh, would you like to see him in a greater role than just a specialist? I don't think he's earned that. He he looks panicked to me on the mound. Have you noticed that? <laughs> like, he looks so... After Hanegar robbed that home run, I mean, I get being grateful, but he was like, I, I don't know what... Hanniger got from Zepchinski, but I bet it's like a gold watch. Uh, like, I believe he he, expi-
4: was... he explicitly said he he was by uh, Hanniger a steak dinner anywhere he wanted <laughs> it. Yeah, to there it. we go. Just the the I... classic.
1: I enjoy the idea of the two of them out at like the Metropolitan or something. (laughs) No, no
4: communication was it? Sitting, (laughs) staring at some trying. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure they're both very like have deep issues of knowledge. I can't imagine what they relate about (laughs) those. I saw I will say, I saw Mike Freeman and Leonis Martin like having a long discussion on the bench like while they were uh, while the Mariners were hitting and like sitting next to each other and excitedly going back and forth and I really want to know what they were talking about because <laughs> yeah. that's just the funniest pairing of just high energy constantly smiling yeah, <laughs> yeah. high energy high frequency uh, individuals but um, to that question I, his his pitch combination is is really uh, difficult to pick up on for mm-hmm. for lefties. I mean, lefties mm-hmm. in general are more susceptible to left-handed pitching, partially because you just don't see it as frequently, and partially because the pitches are moving away from you, and you often, especially in someone like Sepchinski's case, you have a tougher time of picking it up uh, since it's coming out, starting often looking like it's coming at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but his his best pitches he sort of i mean he throws a change up but he usually works uh just like a, sink or a slider right and you those two pitches tend to look very similar out of the hand uh but his slider is i think his usually been his his go-to out pitch that's his um, out pitch yeah that big yeah, sweeping definitely.
1: it's like a sweeping slider yeah. right it kind of yeah. mo- it yeah. dives away from the batter and they yeah. chase it and look silly. And, you
4: know, if you if you think if you remember sort of Jeff Nelson and what Jeff Nelson did to oh, everyone Jeff with that with that <laughs> sweeping you know slider that was just like this looks like it's going at my head. <laughs> oh, this is now you know in the structure. Or oh, this looks right down the middle. Oh, it's you know in the I other panic even... box exactly yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I'm just lo- I'm
2: looking up uh, the whiff rate on Zeb C's slider and it's forty eight percent. Yeah insane
4: yeah is that just to, just for lefties or is that overall uh, overall wow wow that's yeah. impressive um yeah so he's i mean essentially that combination of pitchers, you know I, or of pitches rather just does wreaks havoc on a, a lefty i mean it, it would be more difficult for anyone but as a right-handed hitter you're more used to seeing that just because you get you know, usually right-handed hitters are facing right-handed pitchers. So you get a little more comfortable with it. Left-handed, uh, hitters just by nature, don't have as many at-bats against left-handed pitchers. So, um, whereas that pitch will break in on a right-handed hitter and they'll be able to see it coming, uh, more easily, obviously not that much more easily since (laughs) they're still, uh, you know, whiffing on it. But, um, it's it's really difficult, and you'll get a lot of those. Uh, you know, you know what Kyle Seeger's swing looks like when he decides halfway through that he shouldn't swing, uh, and kind of uh, like just kind of like it. yeah, it looks like he's like miming, like he's he's f- slow mo punching the air in front of him. <laughs> oh suddenly, um, it's yeah. So you get a lot of those, and that is just not as effective against righties I guess is is what I would say. yeah
1: and you know with just that he he will face the occasional right righty we've seen if it is leading if there's another lefty in line behind that Mm -hmm. and so he's gonna be exposed some but we definitely want to limit the amount that he's exposed to
4: and that was sort of what he struggled with last year right is he he was really good against lefties but he was a little bit overused Mm -hmm. I think right Mm -hmm. and so um, if we're in a situation where we are having to oh, you know, use Zepchinski more uh, then we're in trouble overall, so yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have good enough other options in the bullpen. It may not seem like it so far this year, but we really do uh, that we shouldn't have to do that too much, I guess is what I would say. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, speaking of Twitter questions, I think we will take a little break, and then we'll come back and answer some more of them. I ain't wanna be with you. Ay. I, ain't wanna, be with. I ain't wanna be
3: with you. I wanna be with you. me, just love me. If I didn't ride blade on curve, would you still If I'm in my mind, that work would you still Keep it a hundred, I'd rather you trust me than two. keep it a whole Don't got you, I got nothing. I got something. Something. Hold up, we go function.
1: And we're back. All right. Now is the part of the show where we uh, take your Twitter questions and try to say smart things about them. So, uh, John, what have we got tonight?
4: Um, We have a variety of questions. In, we're going to start here with a question about a catcher that we all have learned to believe in and mm-hmm. stop at various levels believing in uh, who has... <laughs> Been the biggest endorser of the miles for running runners in scoring <laughs> position, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> uh, suggested campaign. Um, Mike Zunino. F- this question comes from Brypot.
1: LL regular.
4: Indeed. Uh, do you believe Zunino can ever be an above-average hitter, or should we accept he's an ADWRC plus hitter with great defense? Jake, what do you think? To oh start boy, you? Jake, I. <laughs> we have you here we're gonna get you going here
2: uh mike zunino uh no i don't think he'll ever be an above average hitter i don't think um yeah with a strikeout rate that high and uh and a refusal to take walks (laughs) even even if his bat even if his at bats look like he's he's laying off the 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 breaking pitches. He's still not taking walks. He's still trying striking out thirty percent of the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I can't see how he's going to be an above average hitter. I and and honestly, I think I'm okay with him being an 80 wRC plus hitter. I think that's perfectly acceptable for a catcher.
3: Yeah,
2: uh, especially with his uh, defensive chops, um, which you know maybe we weren't expecting with a first round draft pick, but I think it's it's okay. Uh-huh.
1: He did not uh, have a great day today, so it's not easy for me to say these things because he had a three-strikeout he had a three strikeout day. Um, I mean, he,
4: hit, he hit a bloop double. But he also hit a double. I will not hear I will not hear slander against. And, and he had the Zunino hit by pitch. Uh, yes, um, yes, he, yeah. he did do that. <laughs> no, uh, honestly, I,
1: I, though, on that double, he had two really ugly play appearances. I was not happy with them. Um, he swung at some stuff he probably shouldn't have swung at in one of them. Chase something way low out of the zone. Um, but the one where he hit the double was a really good plate appearance by him. He laid off of... I feel like we've given him a lot of credit out of uh, for laying off what's low and outside. He really doesn't do that anymore. But I think now we need to start giving him credit when he lays off the high strike, the high fastball, because he started laying off of that more. He needs to work on laying off the low, the the ball in the dirt, the curveball, because um, he's still chasing that. But I, I see improvement in his plate approach. It's just he gets himself into the good count, and then he swings and misses. I don't know where mm-hmm. his, I don't know where his power is right now. I don't know if he's just like, not seeing the ball. If he has too much to think about, it's not all coming together. I'm not giving up on him yet, though, because I do think it's a better process, and eventually we'll see a better
4: product. And that's that's I think the frustrating part and you know, sort of where we've always been. I I don't think he's gonna be an above average hitter. You know, I don't think he's gonna be an above average hitter. I don't think he's gonna be an above average hitter for a catcher, which is a lower <laughs> bar. Um but, you know, if he can be an A D W R C plus guy and and with his defense, you know, that's a fine player and that's kinda dan wilson you know (laughs) like dan wilson was not a great hitter he had a couple good hitting years and you know we could see zunino having a couple good hitting years um but you know like i think he's seeing more pitches per plate appearance this year than he ever has in his career but like Mm -hmm. you said like he's getting into these good counts which is something but then he's swinging through fastballs or he's you know, I I've never seen as many like pitches, swings where it looks like he's, uh, where, where from a major league hitter where it looks like his bottom hand is above his top hand when mm. he's mm. when he's swinging, like almost like he's tomahawking, and it's just weird because not all of his swings look like that, and sometimes he has, you know, legitimately like good clean swings, but um, it's it's frustrating, and you know, I think he's he's got his swinging strike percentage i think it's like 16 something something obscene um you know which league average is about like 10 um so if he can ma- you know it's always been if he could just make a little more contact um right but be,
2: yeah. i think uh with like this whole thing about um like focusing on on making hard contact mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's doing that this year i think He's getting into these good counts, and like you say, he's swinging through some fastballs. But also, when he is making contact, he's popping the ball up, right? He's, yeah. He's, he just can't, mm-hmm. like, make solid contact on the ball. And, mm-hmm. and I think uh, it'll probably come. Like,
3: yeah.
2: you can't go through an entire season just w- missing like that so much. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at some of his batted ball stats, and a quarter of his fly balls are pop-ups. And that's mm-hmm. that's just outrageously high.
4: Yeah it it will improve from what it has been this year i mean just even with today's numbers he jumped from 26 wrc plus to 42 like mm-hmm. he hit a double <laughs> <laughs> like got on base one more time like good job you are not <laughs> trash um you know so it's it's the he, he'll be okay i think yeah. i guess it's, we're we're all in the he'll be okay I don't think he's gonna be more than that, but right. okay is okay. Okay, it's okay. Um okay, our next question comes from Kyle Rancourt. What is the realistic ceiling for Mitch Haniger? And tied together with that from John Allen, how terrifying is his floor?
1: This is interesting because John and I were just trying to find player comparisons for Hanager. That's
2: what I did when I saw that question too. (laughs)
4: Uh So I'm curious what you found. I've seen a little bit like Curtis Granderson a Uh, little bit, but he doesn't have, uh, but (laughs) well, but so I don't, not like not prime Curtis Granderson, like later in his career, Curtis Granderson, Mm -hmm. uh, like two years ago, Curtis Granderson, um, but I—that's that's sort of tougher. I've—I've I've, you know I've seen sort of Jason Worth thrown around.
2: That's the name that I came back to which, every time.
4: Yeah, um, I feel like it's like Jason Worth, like because I think we forget like we look at the you know big Jeff Bridges looking dude out <laughs> there and and forget like he was a good defender when he was younger. You know, yeah, like and he, he stole he some base Yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, so. I know people have talked about Michael Saunders a lot, and nah. I think it's yeah, he's he's got more than Michael Saunders. Yeah. I think.
2: I think there was another name that I, I I saw that was kind of interesting, Justin Upton, but like an off year Justin Upt Justin <laughs> Upton, yeah, not, not like the, not, not the, like, like the outrageously good Justin Upton, but sure. like those like weird years
4: in between the really good years that he's kind of good, but yeah. And a Justin Upton that doesn't cost Justin Upton money, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly um Kate, do you have have you found anyone that that sort of connects for you? Um,
1: there's a part of me that wants to say Joey Votto, because in
4: what way? Interesting. <laughs> in that I love it. I love it, but
1: in that okay, I don't think he has the power. But no. Joey Votto is like impossible to get out, right?
4: Yes, He, does n-
1: he is going to find a way to get on base, and I think that that is just that insane on-base percentage is what sticks out to me about Hanager. I don't know if the um, batting average is going to hold up like that, but mm. I and I don't know about the slugging, honestly, um, but I just feel like he is going to be the biggest pest for everything. Sa- and it was funny because mm. I was seeing um, – you know, I'm friendly with the guy who runs Fish Stripes, the SB Nation blog, Thomas Bennett, um, mm-hmm. for the Marlins. And then uh, friendly with a Rangers beat writer, Levi Weaver, mm-hmm. friend of the site, mm-hmm. great guy. Mm-hmm. Poor Levi is having a really tough time right now. <laughs> and both of them, it was just so funny to watch both of them whine about Mitch Hanegar I was like, oh, wow, we have the player who is, like, an incredible yeah. annoyance to everybody We have else. a Cole
3: Calhoun. We <laughs> have a Cole Calhoun.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It just, that was the first name that popped into my head when I was thinking about, like, who is mm-hmm. the hardest player. Who, who would I, if I was a pitcher, who would I most not want to face? And yeah. I kept coming up with Joey Votto's name when I was doing uh, research for the Edgar Hall of Fame stuff. Sure. Because he's just... That OBP is so yeah. yeah. That's I, I yes. Go he, ahead, lambaste me if you will. That
2: is. <laughs> I don't. That's... I don't think Mitch Haniger will ever run a walk rate that's higher than his strikeout rate. I was just don't that's the biggest happen. Difference
4: <laughs> is is just that Votto doesn't strike out much, and like he's he's been like a below twenty percent K rate guy his entire career, and like you know Haniger it doesn't swing and miss hardly ever, but because he takes so many pitches, he gets into a lot of two strike counts and that puts him just in by danger. definition yeah, yeah, in yeah. danger of striking out. So, um, as a result, but you know, I, I think the, the idea of he gets on base, he's very good at fouling balls off and he's, you know, got above average speed, um, is, is a, a Decent, decent comparison there. Um, or have we settled on Worth as sort of the ceiling, the the uh, ceiling that you see, Jake? Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably a good name, just uh, to throw out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and you know, I don't I don't know what people think, what people's perception is of Jason Worth, partially because he's he got I think a little bit of a bad vibe for being this overpaid. Guy when he went to the Nationals, right? Um, and sort of injury prone, um, you know, he was a three to five win player for like most of his career, and mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, in, and for like several years. So um, that is that seems very reasonable, I guess is what I would say. Is you know, um, I don't, I it, it's still tough to say, just because you could see a way in which adjustments are made, but based on The way that he's looked in terms of plate discipline and his physical talent and his strength and the way that he has talked about thinking about the game, as you Mm -hmm. talked about that, um, you know, he knows what type of hitter he is. Um, And Kate, I think you were—it was—it was was you who talked a little bit about how the Mariners have a lot of players who know, or, or the Mariners coaching staff has encouraged. Players, or maybe this was you, Jake, uh, talking about having a lot of players who, you know, know what type of hitter you are. Oh, I guess. that mm-hmm. was
1: that's a thing that they pushed at that um, hitting summit.
4: Mm-hmm. You yeah.
1: Know what kind of hitter you are? Are you a gap the gap guy? Are you a power mm-hmm. hitter? Are you a slap hitter? Like whatever.
4: Yeah. And and Haniger seems to supremely know what kind of hitter he is. And oh yeah, definitely. That that that'll take him a long way. So yeah, the. What do you think about a floor? Then, what, is it is it terrifying? Is
3: it
4: <laughs> is it high like Dustin Ackley's? Is it high oh. like uh, is it high like Justin Upton's? Um, he, you know. I just
1: don't think he's a huge. I don't feel like he's a huge risk player. I mean, I'm not scared when I see him go up there. You know,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I don't. I, maybe he strikes yeah. out, but I don't think he's going to do anything. Like his outfield defense is maybe the one thing that, I, like, uh, maybe he's a little worrisome to me. He takes some kind of weird routes sometimes. I- I'm not I sure that he's the
4: like second in the league. Oh, which is you know, DRS whatever you may feel, but I think he's <laughs> like second in the league and or, or like top five in the league in DRS coming into today.
1: Well, I mean uh, he had the three right there when he jumped and <laughs> saved the. I mean that's <laughs> you know ding 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 um no i i mean it's hard i don't really see a ton of holes in his i'm not scared of him basically i'm not scared he's gonna bottom out and i know a lot of people are because that's what we've seen we've seen so many promised things fail um but i don't think mitch hanniger is going to fail not epically
2: okay so i just thought of a a name that that's connected to some names that we had already talked about. Uh, Melvin Upton Jr. Maybe as a floor where he strikes out a little bit too much. He's still taking walks. Um, His average is maybe 250 or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that it really limits the the upside, but I mean, he's still a a solid Mm -hmm. league Mm -hmm. average hitter. That's probably a, a, maybe a realistic floor. I don't know.
4: (laughs) I think that sounds fair. Um, Yeah. And I agree. Like, Plate discipline tends to be, I think, is a skill that is is difficult, more difficult to find than than uh, you know physical traits, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're walking, you can. It's tougher to, you know, it's easier to break a slump when you are able to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have speed, you know, speed doesn't s- have slumps. You know, speed doesn't take days off. You know, speed is. Still valuable, and and defense is still valuable. So you know, he's a young. I mean, he's you know a guy in his. He's twenty seven, I think. He'll turn. You know, his birthday was in December, twenty third. You naturally, um, but uh, <laughs> I think you know we have team control on him for a long time right. at a low rate. So it's not like you know the. I think. Tied in with floors, it's not like he's going to be prohibitive for the Mariners if he does struggle. You know, it's sure. like oh, you just in you have a backup outfielder that's still fine, or you have a right fielder that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. but I think that's sort of an th- this could just maybe be a, a really big get for the Mariners, um, and and you know that th- I think either either of those you know any of those situations you know a couple weeks ago would have been like I, I would take Melvin Upton you know <laughs> 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 um, and yeah it's like yeah. well he could be Justin Upton yeah. so um yeah I think that's that's solid all right John um, you have to stop talking about Mitch Hanager now so yes I apologize on. I'm I'm yeah I'm dragging this on all right our next question Brittany Bush Hell of all Mariners pitchers who has the most fun delivery to watch
2: uh, Edwin Diaz. Oh. Easy peasy. It's, it he just is so fun to watch. He just, it's the way he slings it up there. That and, arm whip. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I am going to go with, um, actually, I really like when he is on, I like Iwakuma's delivery. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. I like okay. The there we go. And I love Mark Sipchinski's leg kick. I think it's so beautiful. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um,. I would have said Iwakuma, but since you said Iwakuma, uh, I'll probably go Paxton. Um, mm. you know, oh he, yeah, there we go. He, Thanks. I really enjoyed, even though it was detrimental, his reach in the high in the sky thing. Um, <laughs> he he's sort of made that a little bit less, but um, the it, it really looks like he's coming through, like he's winding up a catapult, like when he bends back <laughs> and then <laughs> it, it, as he unleashes it, it's extremely satisfying. Um. Our next question comes from Hillary Kirby. Uh, what should Gene Segura dump over the head of the next player of the game?
1: Mm, so we've had gum. We've had gum balls, so. <laughs>
4: yeah. I kind
2: of, do you remember the game last year? I don't know, maybe it was two years ago when they dumped trash on Logan Morrison? Yes. yes.
1: Do I still that have that awesome. picture saved on my phone? <laughs> yes. Who is
4: the most deserving of trash being dumped on them if they're the player Danny of the game? Danny Valencia. Uh, yeah, it was Danny Valencia. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> Danny Valencia, but... <laughs> I was wondering if anyone was going to think anything else, but that is the correct answer. I would like to
1: continue the theme of, like, ridiculous candy and have, Mm. you know, like, from gumballs to, I don't know, uh, gobstoppers. That might hurt.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I'm curious. I mean, Gene Segura does seem like the kind of guy who knows where candy is at all times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) He does kind of have that little kid, like, bounce in him, like, I know something... Um, I'd be interested to see some like chocolate milk, uh, Ugh, just to like uh, really sticky. throw people. <laughs> yeah, no, so, no thank well, I mean, what, you. Do, you, and then it what curdles do you think Gatorade is? What do you think No, Gatorade there's a
1: curdling is? effect. No, it's got to be like Pixie sticks. I would go. For <laughs> yeah, there <we> Open <laughs> Pixie sticks. Open Pixie sticks. <laughs> I was gonna say. And just have a fine <laughs> sugar sift over them.
4: <laughs> That'd be a neat, especially if you, like, swirled up the colors, that could just be a fun, like, rainbow shower. It's like like, color color (laughs) runs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Alright. Our next question comes from Ricky, at WhiskeyRick. That means you
1: have to Uh,
4: read it in a Scottish accent. Oh, Oh, I've already forgotten it again. Uh, I cannot do one. Projected record at the end of the month. No, that's always Irish. It always (laughs) always always comes out Irish. Uh, God, uh... Ending with be... series against <laughs> Detroit and Cleveland. <laughs> there, you got
1: to get a little bit of the angry. It has to sound angrier. That's good. That's good. Uh, Jake, sorry you were going to answer this. No, question. that's
2: all right. That was that was well worth it. Um, <laughs> I think uh, we're going to be uh, five hundred. Five hundred at the end of the month. I like it. I think we're going to win three at Oakland, two at Detroit,
4: and one at Cleveland. Oof,
1: I agree that with that.
4: That's... That seems fair. Um. yeah I would I would take that um, maybe
1: just one under maybe we win two at Oakland yeah. to, if things go
4: which really I we w- I think we talked about that we had a similar question either last week or two weeks ago and spe- like it was after I think it was two weeks ago and we're, that seems so much more doable uh <laughs> you know that if, if just coming in at the end of april uh around 500 seems so much more attainable than right. now than then which is just a lovely feeling uh
2: i think with i mean with oakland they're dealing with some injuries like graven had his yeah, uh, yeah. start scratched mm-hmm. and uh simeon went Simeon's down with that broken mm-hmm. wrist or whatever and so yeah i think i think they're gonna be a lot uh weaker than maybe than they've i don't know I mean they did look good against Texas today, but everyone looks good against Texas. <laughs> and then uh and then Detroit, Felix and Paxton are our first two pitchers in, in in that series and so I think that's two wins there and Cleveland, they've kind of looked shaky to start this they year, have. but I think I think that's a good team still and yeah.
4: their their uh starting rotations I think been a little bit unlucky and yeah. l- is better than they've shown. Do we know right. who and the,
1: who we might be facing there?
2: On their side, yeah. I don't know. I know that Miranda and Gallardo lineup is the first two starters,
4: and then Felix will be the third.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
4: So that's not great. <laughs> Could be better, but I think yeah, around around five hundred, um, and and that's that's within a reasonable uh, you know stretch to to capitalize on the health of the bullpen hopefully mm-hmm. i think that the series
1: um, against oakland will give us a really good idea of are we a okay team who's been beating up on some not great teams or are we a mm-hmm. good team
4: mm-hmm. sure because i don't think
1: A's are a good team necessarily i think they've been getting kind of lucky
4: mm-hmm. uh, um our penultimate question here from uh chris from Bothell as well, uh, find something, it's not really a question, it's a It's a command, <laughs> find something genuinely nice to say about C.B. Buckner. Who
1: is in trouble again for his horrible, <laughs> horrible strikeout oh. call against Jason Wirth. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, it was really, there's a whole Fangraphs article on it today by Nick Stellini about uh, just he's just so smug when he like he knows he's bad at his job and he knows there's nothing that can happen to him i find i don't know if i can say anything nice about him <laughs> he wears pants that are neither too tight nor too loose that's the there nicest thing i can say about cb buckner
2: i saw someone on twitter say that he has nice skin and i had looked and he does it's true uh he also has a pretty fun strikeout call he does when he rings them up it's, uh, it's, as it's, the, as it's a. As long as you're as long
1: as you're a disinterested party and you have, do not care at all about the teams that are playing, because I don't even right. like Jason Worth all that much, and I felt bad <laughs> for him.
4: Um, I, he has good. He has people with interesting names around him. <laughs> uh, I think he has an interesting name. It happens to be Christopher Blake, which is a little bit less fun than CB, but. Uh, the rest of his crew being Mark Carlson, which is not great, Manny Gonzalez, which is fine, and Fielden Culbreth, oh yes, uh, the crew chief of his uh, squad. Well, you uh, just said is, that
1: so you could get to Culbreth. I mean, you're to absolutely fair. correct. at it. and
4: <laughs> that is his his main quality. Um, he's also born in Jamaica, which is interesting. Oh, I'd be go. curious to s- know how he got into. Um,
1: Baseball all right stop planet,
4: humanizing but. him this is uncomfortable for me <laughs> all right um our final question today comes from staff writer isabel manassian she asks uh, well i guess there's another request we, 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 these aren't bossy. twitter demands these <laughs> yeah. Are dis- yeah these are twitter requests but pick an ice cream flavor for the entire lineup uh, for each individual player on the entire lineup, and if you would like each row, and for the interest in the interest of time, uh, I think each of us were are just going to pick one for an, a single player, and mm-hmm. we can pick one for each row together, perhaps. Yeah, I like sure. That. Uh, I can start. Uh, I would say that uh, Leonis Martin is chocolate chip uh, because. Sometimes there, there's a really wide range of chocolate chip enjoyance. Uh, some days you get the big chocolate chunks and it's fantastic, <laughs> and some days you get like the little bits and it's like, why did I even bother with this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so.
1: that's sad. But. but also, Leonis would be birthday cake ice cream.
2: Ooh, <laughs> nice. Fair enough. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, something, uh, something like caramel hazelnut crunch for Ooh. taylor Motter because he packs <laughs> a punch and he's wild and crazy <laughs> and <laughs> he would definitely he
1: was... be an adventurous ice cream flavor i yeah, can see that definitely yeah. uh, and i'm gonna pick rum raisin for gerard dyson because mm. i feel like there's something a little bit dangerous about rum raisin a little bit fun maybe a little bit sexy Like, (laughs) of all the ice cream flavors, I think rum raisin is the cool ice cream flavor. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Man,
4: it makes me think. Well, perhaps I should not finish my sentence because I feel like it would make me uh, not invited back on the podcast for you. (laughs) (laughs) But its associations are more grandmotherly. What? No. Oh. Clearly,
1: rum raisin is the sexiest ice cream flavor. Do not at me.
2: Uh, All right. (laughs) All right. So what about Ichiro? (laughs) Ichiro is clearly the best ice cream flavor there is, and that's chocolate chip mint.
4: Ooh. What about cookie dough? Wait, what are you saying? Mm. Cookie
1: dough. Like, cookie cookie dough. Cookie dough. Cookie dough. Cookie dough. (laughs) Like, you don't put that (laughs) accent on the dough. Why not? And uh, also, nothing about Ichiro is doughy, so I reject that out of that's hand. That's true,
4: yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs>
2: no, he's c- chocolate chip mint because he's cool mm, and mm. Uh, he tastes so great uh, and you could just eat so much of it all the time forever. <laughs>
1: There's something a little reserved and classic about chocolate mint, too, I think. That... Sure. Okay, it, there it, we go. But know. it's also a little, it's a little bit of a twist. It's, it's not a just twist regular on chocolate a classic chip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... I I can get done with that. All right. Okay. Well, thank you to those of you who send in your questions. And thank you, Jake, for joining us today and laying some pitching knowledge upon our heads.
2: Yeah, my pleasure. It was a lot of fun.
1: And uh, we will get back together with you again next week. Until then, go Mariners.